right, it's your boy Malcolm Riddle, and welcome to another episode of American Riddle. And uh, yeah, I got a little busy this week, so I couldn't couldn't put together a podcast uh, and put it up by Thursday. What are you gonna do? You know, you're gonna hold my feet to the fire, huh? You gonna do that? Well, you should, because I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to stay on top of things, um, but <clears throat> sometimes things slip. Uh, as they say, between the cracks. I hate that saying. I don't like things slipping between the cracks. Anyway, so I'm doing this podcast uh, today, and I've got a guest coming on the horn, um, uh, on the blower, you know what I mean, on the airwaves, uh, on the phone, some would say. Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna chit chat real quick. This might not be a long podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna mix it up on uh, and and do a new segment that I've been brainstorming uh, for the podcast. So let's uh, let's get uh, get my buddy on the uh, on the blower. Malcolm. First of all, you don't. The, what you said last time, I you don't call me. I call you. That's how this thing goes down. You got to understand how it works, man. This show does what it does, and this is how we're doing it. What's happening? Not too much. How are you doing? Hey, man. What, what am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to do an intro with you, or or say your name, or keep your name uh, uh, under wraps? I mean, I don't know. You're. You know, this is. This is. We use the. The moniker of Brian X last time. Okay. All right, people. So this is, yeah. this is, this is, this is my ace in the hole, Bryant X, as he's known on the airwaves. You know what I mean? And uh, that's how it's going down. You know what I mean? You say, you can't like ask Zorro to take off the mask. You know what I mean? Because that should have, that should have ruined everything. So, so what's crackalacking? What's crackalacking, B? You were talking to me. You're talking to me, Reese. Hold on, okay. Just hold on. This is this is the setup. <laughs> and don't get a little overzealous. You haven't been on the uh, on the on the MIC in a minute. Hey, uh, you're talking to me about uh, what was the group? Prophets of Rage. What's up with that? Oh, uh, well, I believe I'm not positive about this, but it's uh, Chuck D. <laughs> and uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill. Um, and then the uh, the three. Three of the members of Rage Against the Machine, which would be Tim C., Brad Wilk, and um, the guitar player Tom Morello. And I, I'm not positive that the drummer from Rage Against the Machine is also in the group, but I believe that's true. But anyway, they um, I listened to their their EP that they just put out this week, and um, they have a song called No Sleep Till Cleveland, which, you know, as one might believe, it has elements of mostly Till Brooklyn, but also has elements of songs from Audio Slave, which the members of Rage Against the Machine, some of them participate in, and um, had some elements of Public Enemy. Chuck D threw in some you know, lyrics um, from past Public Enemy songs. So it, it's pretty pretty neat mix-up. Yeah? You have to check it out, for sure. No, I'm, I, I, well, I'm hip to it, and I, you know, I, know, I know who's in it. I just... I just recently on on the last podcast, me and Grandmaster Katz, 
actually took a road trip to Philly to see Public Enemy. And then this this uh, this past weekend, the uh, Prophets of Rage, of course, they're on their world tour. Where they were in New Jersey, and I was I was hoping to try to get uh get down with that, but uh, you know the planets and the stars didn't align. So, but hopefully I'll get a chance to check them out. In the meantime, in between time, yeah, I think I will uh, download the. Um, it's on iTunes. It is on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've got iTunes Match. So, uh, or no, iTunes Music, <laughs> whatever right. it's called. I don't know what you these things. Are. Yeah, you should be able to get on there. Yeah, so I'm 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 I'll, I'll check that out, and then uh, also De La Soul has a new album out, which is pretty dope. All that, yeah, All that's that. dope. That's that, that's the real. But what I wanted to get down to, I want to get down to a, a conversation you and I had. Let me set it up for the audience. Um, in the world, in a world, should I say, where there's constant remakes. The other day, I was channel surfing, and I got I got really happy, got super happy, just because I was channel surfing and I saw Point Break. You know, when the when you're scrolling through the what's it called? I don't know what it's called the the uh, the, the, on, the the TV guide thingy. Um, right. It said Point Break, so I went to that channel, put it on, and uh, and to my surprise, it was the remake of Point Break, which <laughs> which my eyes are not allowed to see, not allowed to see it, just because it, if it <laughs> hey if it doesn't have Patrick Swayze in it, what's the fucking That's point? Right. What's the point? I can't There's watch Keanu it. Reeves. Man, I mean, why would I even do that to myself? Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. It seems like there's not a lot of original ideas left anymore. Everything's either a sequel or a sequel of a comic book movie or a comic book movie or, you know, a remake of something that came out a long time ago or not too long ago. Everything's getting rebooted and redone just as quick as they can make them because people's attention spans are so short nowadays, it seems to be that... Um, They'll just repackage it and remarket it and just, you know, throw it all away again. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it with certain things. Just there's, I think there's a certain line that you shouldn't cross. And one of them is Patrick Swayze. You know what I mean? I heard they're remaking Roadhouse, which is, it just, it just, it, it breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. You can't remake that. You just can't. And, the one we talked about the other day is the remake of Scarface, which the 1983 Brian De Palma movie is actually a remake of a movie that came out in 1932, I believe. But uh, that's the one that's most remembered is the 1983 Brian De Palma it's movie. Tough, now that, now that's tough, man. Now that's being remade. So it's it's like, tough. Well, how do you even do that? It's <laughs> tough. It's a challenge, yeah. and it's tough out there. But, uh, you know, I was thinking of a segment I want to include in the podcast, and it's going to be – I don't have any podcast – I don't have a, a theme music set up for it yet. Uh, but the but the name of this segment, you know, in, in lieu of this conversation that we had of re- remakes, not only that, just bad remakes, but what if we were able to make a good remake of something, right? And I was thinking of, of a, a title, so I think I'll title this segment, But If I Had to Remake It, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you wouldn't want to, but if you had to. But I mean, if I had to remake it. If I had and, to. And the first film that came to mind because I went to go see this movie called The Shallows. And The Shallows is, oh, is about, God. yeah, <laughs> well, it, to its credit, it wasn't a great, well, it's not really to its credit. It wasn't a great movie. It was more eye can- candy. Let's see. Let me look it up. Uh, Blake Lively. They had me. Yeah, they had me till the end of the movie when, well, I'm not going to give it away, but the end of the movie was really just 
made the whole previous condo of the theaters pointless. Well, the movie the, the movie is, is is based on a uh, she's a uh, Blake Lively plays a uh, she's on vacation and she goes to this this island. I mean, there's a lot of strikes against her the setup of the film, but she en- ends up being there by herself and starts to surf because she just wants to catch the perfect wave. And what happens is uh, she gets caught two hun- she gets attacked I think like 200 yards uh, from shore and she's stuck like on this little rock the whole time and there's this big great white shark. So the long and short is, I mean, you can you can see the movie. It's it's nothing mere but eye candy. A lot of quick shots of Blake Lively and you know, she's a little kitten. You know, she's a little yeah, but she's nice to look at. Yeah, she's a little treat. I got no problem with that. But you know, there's no story. There's no no yeah. There's no type of you you won't be quoting the shallows ten fifteen years from now. I guarantee. Yeah. It. But now, there was some cool. We'll there was some cool stuff within the film itself, and one of them, I think, was um, uh, uh, the star of the film, of course, the shark. And I think that was right. that was very well done, which made me think. But if I had to remake it, dot dot dot, <laughs> what if you remade Jaws, right? And of course, you see, wait, wait, wait a minute. Let me just set it up. So the whole point of the whole point of the segment is to a. I would I or someone else would start with a uh, a character that would be right. the, the 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 central focus on that film being remade. In in this case, right. of course, I would have that same CGI shark, but I would cast Samuel L. Jackson as Quint. Yeah. That being said, that yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul Giamatti is Richard Dreyfus. Hold on. No, hold on. Hold, <laughs> hold on now. Um, um, think about that for a minute. Samuel L. Jackson is Quint, and then we can build the whole uh, film around SLJ. I mean, SLJ has been in some 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 phenomenal phenomenal films, and he can also put what Hollywood executives care most about. He can put bodies in the seats. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who else would play Quint in today's day and age. Now, would you have? Would you if you if you remade Jaws? Now, keep in mind. Keep in mind. I don't want this to happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't want this. I don't need this shit to happen. I don't. I don't need my blood pressure to go up. I don't need you know to have panic attacks. I don't need to lose sleep. Because this would. You and I are the type people that you and I are the type people that when we watch a movie, we look for things that are wrong with the movie. Right. <laughs> With a remake like that, you know, we're just going to pick it apart all day. But yeah, if 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 you had to remake it, I thought, I like that idea. Samuel Jackson is Captain Quint. That, that's good cast. All right, man. What's up with your phone too? I'm losing you. It's getting ready to sound like a tin can again. I told you about these phones, man. I told you. Uh, got the uh, earbuds in, and I don't like it, man. I don't know what type of earbuds you use, but okay. So Apple. Mo- Apple. Yeah. Well, <laughs> crapple. Jesus Christ, man! I gotta get you a microphone or something. Get you a mic set up. The uh, okay, so back to the back to the lab. We're talking about SLJ Samuel L. Jackson starring as Quint. Yes. Now you could you could build the whole uh, film around that alone. So who would you have as uh, Chief Brody? Who would you have as uh, yeah as the Richard Dreyfus uh, part? What was his name? Hooper. Yeah. yeah who, who would you uh, I, I like 
Paul Giamatti as Hooper, I think. Is he too old? So, yeah, you're going for a much older older cast. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking about, since we're starting with Samuel L. Jackson, why don't we just have black jaws? You know what I mean? Like they did with... (laughs) (laughs) Blaws. Why don't we just have black jaws with an all-black cast? How great would that be? Maybe have Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is, is... as Quint, maybe Will Smith as uh, as uh, uh, Chief Brody. That's 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 right. that's got blockbuster. Got perfect, perfect casting for you here. I don't want to mispronounce this actor's name, but um, this actor was in Twelve Years a Slave. I believe his first name is Chiwetel. Chiwetel. Oh, Chiwetel. No, Chiwetel Ejiofor would be a good uh, a good Brody. Brody. I think he get a Hooper. Shit. No, do do Kevin do Kevin. Uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin, Hart. Would, Kevin Hart is Hooper. Yeah, I mean, I, I did Kevin Hart as a comedian, but I think you're going to kind of... Richard Dreyfuss wasn't a comedian back then. You know what I mean? He yeah, needed another actor. Yeah, but he morphed but into I think Kevin a, Hart's a good actor, but he's more, of a, he's more of a comedic actor. Yeah. Richard Dreyfuss back then was known more for dramatic roles. Not to say it couldn't work. Yeah, yeah, I like tough, that. Tough discussion. I, I like that. I like Chew. I like Chewetel Ejiofor. I like that. There you go. Yeah, I didn't want to mispronounce his name. He's, he's a great actor. Well, there's another guy. He was in. Um, he was in Selma. He played MLK. And uh, okay. that yeah. brother. That brother would be dope in any role. I can't yeah. pronounce his name. David. David. Mm, I can't even begin to pronounce it. I know who you mean. It's. Uh, I think it's a uh, the African last name, right? Well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exacto mundo. Uh, the uh, I can't pronounce this shit. God, I mean, well, excuse, I didn't mean that, but I can't pronounce his last name. I wish I could. Where's Miriam Tazi when I need her? But the uh, that's right. The um, he would be good also. But I think I think you might be right. I think we could start with Samuel L. Jackson uh, as Quint, and then. Uh, and then Chewy Tail Ejiofor could be in a role. Which one? We don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like I like him. I like that idea. It could be good. Who would play the mayor? Remember the mayor with the fucked up suit yeah, and jaws? Got, Motherfucker had the wide that, uh, plaid the plaid suit and the big <laughs> wide tie. Yeah, he had the wide tie. So what if you what if you what if you made this movie but set it in nineteen seventy five? That's the I think that would work great. But then I don't know if, 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 if there would be a black chief back then. You know what I well, mean? If you, yeah, it'd be the world's first one then. Right? It'd be, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would. Uh, that, the mayor. Yeah, that would be tough, man, because then you couldn't have, yeah, you couldn't have a black mayor either. In the 70s? Like George, George, George Foreman. No, man. <laughs> George Foreman's a boxer. Yeah. There's there's plenty of people that could play that, but yeah, I like that idea. I like that concept, but I mean, you could go a lot of different ways. I mean, you, you also mentioned Brian Cranston. Could you imagine Brian Cranston in any of those roles? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Brian Cranston would be great. I mean, you could, you, you, well, you could put Brian Cranston as Brody, a little old, Little long in a tooth, but you could put you could put Brian Cranston in Hooper. You could put Brian Cranston in, as Quint. I mean, Brian Cranston can basically play any role. He could even play Mrs. Brody. I got a role. I got an idea for you. We put Brian Cranston as Brody and uh, Aaron Paul as Hooper. So we team up Jesse Pinkman 
and Walt White. That again, would be horrible. In different roles. That'd be like an <laughs> SNL skit. It would be horrible. I like I like the first idea better. Yeah, I'm not. You know, Pinkman has has you know any range that he had was you know basically because of the uh, he was playing off of uh, Krantz. Source material. Yeah. 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 So I mean, but you know, no disrespect, but you know. It is what it is. Oh yeah, man. Now we're getting somewhere, B. We got, uh, we got, uh, yeah. I mean, we, it doesn't have to be, I mean, uh, you could, you could just wipe the slate clean and just start with, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston. You know what I mean? The, the movie poster would be like, remember those movie posters in the, oh, yeah. with the towering inferno where it have all the, the, the big actors and, and it's like, is it, this is Okay. For some of you listening, you guys might be a little young to remember this, but I mean, Quentin Tarantino's kind of revived that in The Hateful Eight, where he uses all oh, yeah. of some of the top actors of their time, and then you have a picture, a snapshot of them. Well, they did that with right. the, the in the, the a movie called The Towering Inferno, and then uh, what was mm-hmm. the other one uh, uh, about the boat that went upside down? Capsized. Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, the Poseidon. Poseidon Adventure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had a bunch of those movies, like Airport and shit like that. Yeah, and it had it had like the it had the pictures of everyone. Look yeah, at that! Like, I'm yeah, looking at one, it right now. Gene Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, yeah. Ernest, Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> this dude was old as fuck, and he he yeah. managed to be in everything. You know why? Out of respect. That was back when they respect the elders. <laughs> they had Gene Hackman, uh, Ernest. Think, Bo- they had red Ernest, buttons. Oh my god! Ernest Borg, Borg and I didn't do another thing until Hardcastle McCormick, right? Yeah, his, they, they, uh, they the had Rod, Roddy McDowell, uh, Sher- she- Shelley Winters. Oh my god! So I got who's who of third tier actors for back then, right? Oh, man. I mean, they used to be big actors back in the day before that, but I mean now it's like the seventies; they're trying to find work. What was the uh, what was the other one that we were just talking about before the Poseidon Adventure, the Towering Inferno? That was good. I think Steve McQueen was in that. Was he? And I'm pulling it up right now. Towering <laughs> Inferno. Look at that, and look at the poster. I wish you guys could see this. I'm gonna post them on. Uh, I'm gonna post them on uh, on the uh, Facebook uh, American Riddle site. Yeah, man. I mean, look at that. everyone. Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, William Holden, Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire. I remember when Fred? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Chamberlain's in it. Oh. Susan Blakely, O.J. Simpson, Robert <laughs> Vaughn, Robert Wagner. I mean, come on, man. This was the creme de la creme of the 1970s. Oh, I'm sure I put asses in the seats too. All oh man, I saw the motherfucker. shit look at this poster the poster's the shit because it's got like it's got steve mcqueen looking serious and paul newman looks like he has a question to ask you know what i mean and then he got right yeah oh man i gotta look at this shit oh yeah Yeah, make a movie like that nowadays but even even better on the poster they have like the characters instead of their name. They have right. it's a picture of Steve McQueen as the fire chief, and then a picture of Paul Newman looks like he's got a question. It is the architect, and then it has O.J. Simpson, the security man. 
2020 hindsight. Richard Chamberlain <laughs> as the Shogun. The Shogun. Remember Richard Chamberlain was in the Shogun? Yeah, I remember Richard Chamberlain. He was, wasn't he something like Al- that? Alan Quartermain. Was it? Yeah. Alan Quartermain? Yeah. Every, everybody wanted to be Indiana Jones in the <laughs> 80s, and they made yeah. this... They made, yeah, we're getting way off the uh, the intended segment, uh, but that's the nature of this podcast. Like I said, it's going to do what it's got to do, and that's how it's going down. Um, yeah, man, Richard Chamberlain was um, he was an actor. I mean, he was he was he was gay too, right? But th- but that was back. There's anything wrong with that? No, yeah. no, no. I'm just saying. He, but this was <laughs> but this was back in the day when it was frowned upon, especially in Hollywood. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Upon for sure. Oh yeah. 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 So Richard Richard Chamberlain yeah. was people lived duplicitous lives back then. It was a crazy time. Um, he was in. Uh, wasn't he in that? Uh, yeah, I think he was in Shogun. It was like a mini series, and then the and Thornbirds. See, he was in. It was a mini series that came on TV when I was a kid. Is the Thornbirds or something? It was like a. Oh yeah, yeah, and then he did the series because, like I said, with the with with the with the explosion of the Indiana Jones franchise and Harrison's Ford's career blew up, everybody and their mom thought they could do uh, uh, films about a great adventure, and he did. He took on yeah. Alan Quartermain. Um, it was King Solomon's we got, Mine. We, we got romancing the stone and the jewel of Nile out of that. Man, that right? was with Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito. Yeah. And a very young uh Kathleen Turner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh Yeah, she was a little she was a little vixen back in the day too. Yeah. 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 Time Not so time, much now. Time wasn't been kind. Time Time is a brutal motherfucker, man. I'm telling you, it will it will rain down on you. It will yeah. <laughs> Kind of sounds like a dude now. No yeah. disrespect or anything. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's had a lot of cigarettes and whiskey. That's for sure. So the voice, <laughs> the voice has changed. That's right. <laughs> the voice has changed. But yeah. Anyway, the um the poster. Yeah. So the poster for Jaws. Uh, getting back. See, we, we're bringing this full circle, people. We're bringing this. Good night. What the fuck's wrong with you? We're bringing this full full circle. Clear your throat, man. Get a hold of yourself. The, uh, we're bringing this full circle, so the poster would have all those top actors, and maybe we'll maybe we'll we'll, we'll make that poster like they did on on the the uh, towering inferno, where to be like the chief, you know what I mean, the fisherman, you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the mayor, the biologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to do that. The we marine need to, biologist. We need to Photoshop this. So look. I know in my 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 vast my sea, if you will, uh, of listeners out there that are, are Photoshop savvy. Why don't you guys start coming up with the cast for the reboot? Not even a reboot, the remake of uh, of Jaws. And we're going to start with. I think we can all come into agreement that we're going to pick Samuel L. Jackson as Quint, like right? That. Right. Absolutely. It's a strong choice. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna set it. We're gonna keep it. Well, yeah, yeah. We he can Quint would be a fisherman a, would be fine, but I don't know if you could have Will Smith as the chief in this, if it's set in the seventies. I mean, that could ruffle some feathers because the shit didn't exist. 
You know what I mean? That's like having something set in the 1800s and the motherfuckers going around, you know what I mean? Running things like Django. And shit didn't go down like that. <laughs> Creative liberties, I believe, Mr. Tarantino uses in his films. <laughs> oh, I tell you, B. We just. Uh, we, That's a good idea. I'm just telling you, man. I, and, and believe me, okay? I don't condone remaking or even touching Jaws. That would be like trying to remake E.T. or even remaking Raiders of the Lost Ark. That that mm. would not be a good move. It wouldn't be a good move for me. Or Scarface. Yeah. It's tough to top Scarface. I mean, damn. I mean they they fucked up when they tried to tried to they didn't remake it, but they did a prequel to Carlito's Way. And Ooh, um, another bad idea, bad idea, bad yeah. idea. Did you ever see that? I have not, and I will not. Oh. Kind of like how you feel about the remake of uh, Point Break. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. No, it holds no... As much as I love that movie, Part of Those Way, it came out, I believe, 1993. There's no way in hell I'm going to watch the prequel. To yeah, the Carlito's Way is called... Carlito's Way, The Rise... Rise to Power. The, yeah. <laughs> the Rise to Power is horrible. Yeah. I guess Attack of the Clones was taken or something. It was, it, was it, was it was horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. Didn't have uh, it's horrible. The dude who plays uh, Pachanga in that, uh, Louis Guzman is in oh, yeah. it too. Yeah. I mean, okay, so he's he's in it like in a movie that's a prequel that's thirteen years later playing the same character. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. It's thirteen years <laughs> before. No, I'm saying the movie was made thirteen years after the original. Yeah, and he's played, he's the same size. Thirteen years before, right? So <laughs> yeah. How does that make sense? He's the same size and looks the exact same. Didn't age. Maybe got a little fatter. Yeah. Don't have that much CGI in that movie. I mean, come on. No, they should have just recast him. But 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 in their minds, that 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 gave it a little credibility. Like that. Month- see, that goes back. That goes back to the initial conversation we had at the opening of the podcast. That there's just no originality. We got to take a movie and then go fuck it up by making a prequel to it by writing that movie's coattails and making an inferior product just because people. You know, or clamoring for more, or whatever. Not, 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 a, not a good way. I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with remakes. I'm all right with remakes. You know, certain things I don't think should be touched. But even if you do, I don't mind the reimagining or retelling of a story. I mean, look at Shakespeare. I mean, how many times has, has yeah. Shakespeare been retold? But you know, you just can't do it just for the profit. I mean, you got to have some soul. You got to you got to put well, something into it. I don't There's need some, some films that just need to be left alone. I mean, could you imagine them doing like a spinoff or a prequel or a sequel to Goodfellas? You know what I mean? I mean, come on. Well, they're doing it to the Big Lebowski. Uh, and they're yeah, doing. Uh, and they're doing it. They're you, doing. Hey, you know how I feel about that. You know how I feel about okay, that. Okay. Yeah. I have no plans to ever see that film ever. Yeah, that's that's what you call his character, Jesus. Um, yeah. Uh, John, John Totoro is uh, John reprising Turo. his role and is doing a spinoff. I read. Uh, filming is underway as we speak, and then um, with no no involvement by the Cohen brothers. And then they're also doing a spinoff to Ocean's Eleven, and it's going to be an all female cast. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, just call Not it. That there's anything wrong with that. Just call it yeah. something else. I mean, we see we see how well it worked for Ghostbusters. I, I, I haven't seen that yet either. I, I'm I not, man, it doesn't have you know. Come on, man. It, if why am I going to go see? It's not even Ghostbusters. I mean, I heard Bill Murray has a cameo in it, but it's not worth the price of admission alone, right? I mean, man, are you Carol kidding Reynolds me? Carol Reynolds is dead. 
Harold Ramis is dead. It, have, if it does, yeah. If it doesn't have Harold Ramis in it, what's the point? I mean, Harold. I mean, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis of Stripes and Ghostbusters fame. He's also directed several movies. Man, Harold Ramis. How many times do I got to say that on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, I've Harold said Ramis is great. I've said it once. I've said it over and over again. I mean, he did Groundhog Day. Ghostbusters. Yeah, oh, forget about it. Analyze forget this. Caddyshack. Uh, Groundhog Day is just, uh, I think it's very underrated. The movie's a genius. What do you mean? I mean, Groundhog Day is not underrated, man. Everyone knows Groundhog Day. It's been, you know, it's been redone. It's been called different things. Tom Cruise made a movie that was basically a science fiction version of Groundhog Day. Live that repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow or whatever. It was Edge of Tomorrow, and then they changed the name. Yeah, I'm not sure why they did that. Man. I, but, you know, Tom Cruise gets a pass. He can remake anything on this year. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's Tom Cruise. The motherfucker was in Taps. Man, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, name a bad movie he's been in. Hey, right, why don't you put Tom Cruise as the mayor? Put Tom Cruise... As the mayor in Jaws, right? With the he fuck, couldn't, he couldn't afford it. He couldn't afford to make the movies. But Tom Cruise. Yeah, but they they put him they they put him in which <laughs> they put him they put him in uh, uh what was it what was the, the 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 war movie where he played the uh, the executive, um, what was it called? Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was great in that. Fantastic movie. Yeah, he, he was great in that. Um, so they put him in that. So if you put Tom Cruise in a bit part like that. You know what I mean? Where he's it's comical. He has the plaid suit. Man, that yeah. Come on, man. Because that could work. That or works. you can go another way and put Jeff Bridges as the mayor. Or Nicolas Cage. Oh, well, then you're rolling the dice about how successful the movie's going to be. You put <laughs> Nicolas Cage in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goddamn! I mean, are you gonna are you gonna have scenes with the mayor melting down and screaming and putting the cage? <laughs> that would be dope. No, I wanted. I, I would want it to be a serious, serious movie. Cage and yeah, and, and, and my, the cage. then my question is: Do you use Do you use the original score? Hell yes, you use John Williams score. Who do you use to score it? John Williams. Are you sure about that? Score. I'm positive about it. Why would you? I mean, you could use Danny Elfman. <clears throat> you could use. Let me uh, tell you something. All right, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me give you an example of why school matters. Okay. Uh, you and I went to see Superman Returns together when it came out, and I can remember sitting in the theater when the credits came on, and the credits are basically done in the same style as Superman the movie, Superman Two, same score. I mean. I was getting, I was really excited just by watching that part of the movie. I thought this is going to be out of this. Well, of course, the movie was also, I think, underrated. Um, maybe not the best Superman movie out there. That would be Superman too. But for sure, the score and the credit scene alone was like, holy well, shit! Well, the score makes the movie. I mean, if you can, Absolutely. if you can walk out of a, a, a movie and you can hum 
the theme song to that, you've got a hit. You can go into a yeah. dozen movies today. <clears throat> you can go into any Avengers movie, and you can't remember the theme so, song. You can go. You can to Indiana Jones, and you can to Star Wars, and you can to Jaws, and that's John Williams. And you can to Christopher so. Reeve's Superman. Can you give me the theme yeah. music of the the current Superman, Man of Steel, or Batman? Uh, the current one with Ben Affleck. No, you can't. I cannot. You can't. No. That right there is a sign of failure. You you can't. I mean, as as much as I enjoy, um, but I believe the composer for the score of this movie is Han Rimmer, who is also a very I, noted I, uh, movie score. You I, know, he did Inception and did Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and stuff like that. So yeah, you can't hum those, but it it uh. It adds. It does add to the 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 overall ambience of the film, the depth of the 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 movie in itself. I do agree with that, but they're missing a great opportunity of longevity when you don't have a score with that type of soul and presence that can also be found within the script. When you just have a when you just when you just have a when you have a a uh, a uh, a score that's just thunderous and loud. That's taking. That is a distraction for the lack well, thereof a script of dialogue. Exactly, it's trying to distract you from how bad the movie is. That's that's the reason. Not sure. saying that Batman of the Dark Knight is bad, but it's def it definitely takes away from the, the what's really there. Those well, are two. E- those I are two exceptions. The, the Dark Knight. The score was meant to be more disorienting and chaotic in line with the movie. So uh, you can't really hum the score, but you can instantly recognize when you hear it. It's very no doubt. You know, I agree. Like no, I agree. Scenes, I mean, but like especially in the scenes where Heath Ledger's on screen and things like that. But these new movies, well, especially you know, when I haven't you, watched them as much as I've seen the, the um, you know um, Christopher Nolan's trilogy, the Batman trilogy, but um, the, the soundtrack is just there to, to you know kind of take you away from how bad the movie is, I think. Well, especially, especially when you see something like the Suicide Squad, and uh, I saw that recently, and, uh, I mean, it sucked a turd. It was god-awful. And the Jokers, I think that, uh, um, uh, what's the guy's name that played the Joker? Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean, it was whack. It was like, all right, haven't we been down this road? It was, it was an imitation of something that was... Uh, d- d- Clearly, um, just a, a hack job, and uh, I expected more from from him, a, an actor of his caliber. And yeah, know, I mean, I thought, um, I thought, that, I thought, I think, I think he has a, you know, that's a, that's a tall order to follow Heath Ledger's portrayal for sure. So you got that against you, right? And then um, who is this? The fourth incarnation of that character, um, Caesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, now Jared. I mean. You know, how many, how, how many times are you going to repackage this and give it to us and say this is something brand new? Well, I mean, the movie itself was a, was was also another ripoff, a hack job. It was basically someone who tried to basically ripped off, um, uh, uh, what's his name, um, Scott, not Ridley Scott. He ripped off a Tony Scott movie, and they tried to do the quick cuts, the, 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 the big soundtrack um, of yeah. uh, mainstream music. And uh, uh, it, it felt it tried it, it felt like a watered down cheap Tony Scott film that uh, mm. you know it's 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 a quick roller coaster ride. I get it why you know 
kids like it. My son loved it. And, you know, I get that, but I mean. My son did as well, but I have no interest in seeing it. I mean, yeah. I'll see it when it, when it comes up to iTunes, but I mean, I'm not going to brush out the theater. It's whack. It. It's whack, man. Um, you know, you know and, and nowadays you're watching trailers, you're like, hmm, maybe this time. But then when the reviews start coming out, you're like, ah, well, that's be- once. Yeah, but that's because, that's because the guys that are making the trailers are really good at making trailers. You know? Well, yeah, you got to, I mean. You know, I've been as as are you. I've been in sales before. You got to hook, hook on sinker in the first thirty seconds, right? Or you're going to lose their attention. So that's that's why trailer making is an art because you you got about what under ten seconds to capture somebody's attention and be like, okay, I want to see this movie. You know, because you're going to make them go sit through a three hour train wreck <laughs> later, right? You sell tickets for that. So trailer making is an art. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but to piggyback on something we were talking about earlier, you know, that if I had to remake, this is something that I kind of shot at you a little while ago um, when we were talking before, but um, if if I were going to do a remake of a movie, Death Wish with Charles Bronson is begging for a remake. They're already making it. Eli Roth is making it. Oh, that's perfect. I can't think of a better director. Is that movie was so bad, and Eli Roth might even make a worse movie than Death Wish, and it'll still be entertaining. <clears throat> Eli Roth, Death. Let me look it up real quick. I saw it on Twitter. Um, That's great news. <laughs> here it is, Death. Oh, here it is. All right, hold on, hold on. Stop the presses. The presses. <laughs> and anyone listening who have, if you have not seen Death Wish with the great Charlie Bronson. You have to stop what you're doing. Not only that, it was the first film ever by the great Jeff Goldblum. You know what I mean? A.K.A. the Brundlefly from the movie The Fly. So, yeah, Eli Roth is set to, set to direct Death Wish, the MGM Paramount remake of the 1974 hit, with Bruce Willis playing the reluctant vigilant made famous by Charlie Bronson. I don't know now. I don't know about that. See, I can go either way. Bruce Willis is like uh, Nick, Nick Cage. You either got a really great, you get something really great out of him or something really terrible. Well, I, I, I sent um, a tweet. I sent a tweet because uh, uh, Eli Roth was getting hammered on Twitter the other night. And I sent a tweet. I was like, well, if you're going to remake it, please, for the love of God, cast Jeff Goldblum in his original role. <laughs> yeah, if any listeners out there have not seen the original Death Wish, Finish this podcast and go to iTunes. I believe it's like six ninety nine to buy it and two ninety nine to rent. Just rent it and watch it. It's like an hour and a half. Movies back then were pretty short. Most <laughs> of like Gone with the Wind or something. But I mean, this is like you know, it was made like in nineteen seventy four. It's just it's very dated. It did not age well, and it's perfect. It's like a grindhouse movie if you like that kind of thing, which I love. So, you know, if any listeners out there haven't seen that movie, you need to see it. It's great. But I, I don't know if I agree with Bruce Willis being cast as Paul Kersey, who is Charles Bronson's act character's name. Well, in in, um, in, in a um, not to cut you off, but in a in a in one of the most graphic scenes was a, a rape scene uh, in the movie. I don't even know if you can get away yeah. with that uh, these days. No, you can't. I don't think so. It's so politically incorrect and terribly. I mean, it's it's it, the movie is just filled with uh, you know blatant racism and. Um, 
Yeah, that's not why it's great. It's just, it's, um, <laughs> it's hard. It, uh, no, I mean, you know what I mean? You can't make a movie like that nowadays. It's so politically incorrect. And, um, you know, just really, um, I think I, I was reading a review on iTunes and it was like, this movie is despicable or something like that. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, just check out this, check out this clip. I don't know if you can hear this, Brian, or not, but I'm going to play this clip of the scene yeah. with Jeff Goldblum as a rapist. <laughs> Hold still. Don't move. What do you want? Don't jive, Mother. You know what we want. It's Jeff Goldblum. He's not going to hurt us. Not if you got money. <laughs> nobody, nobody. So, so what happened here, I don't know if you can hear that, Bryant, is Jeff Goldblum, yeah. and they, they broke into a... Uh, into this condo, into Charlie Bronson's condo where his wife and daughter was in, and they break into it. Jeff Goldblum is wearing like this Peter Pan hat or some <laughs> shit, which I don't know if criminals wore a hat like this back in the days, but it's a strange, I don't know what type of cartoonish hat they're wearing. And and I guess the weapon of choice was your fist and spray paint. Because yeah. they just right, happen right, to have yeah. spray paint on, and they... they you know they've got they've got the two ladies and they're going to commence to terrorizing them. So I'm going to play the finish playing the clip. Hey mother, look at the artiste doing his art. Okay. Beautiful mother, my purse is in the kitchen. Just stand still. We'll do as they say, Carol. Where is your purse? Rummaging through her purse and they're spray painting. Shit! Walls. You only got four bucks. I got three. Very dated apartment. You're gonna get the shit kicked out of you, mother. It's all we have. Rich people like you. Shit! We want money, mother. Now get it. It's true. That's all we have. Oh! Just pimp smacked her. I'm gonna stab you in the ass. I kill rich cunts. Mother's getting the shit kicked out of her. So that's Jeff Goldblum. Basically, he not only does he beat up Charlie Bronson's wife, but he has a, a, a he had like a blackjack on him. You know what I mean? Which is like it's like a piece of leather that's wrapped in lead. No, it's lead wrapped into lead wrapped, wrapped in leather. Yeah, wrapped right. in leather, should I say? And uh, yeah, he's he's, he's basically they're, they're terror. It goes. It gets much graphic than the clip I just play, play, played. Because believe me, me just watching this clip is quite disturbing. It's 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 comical. Well, I think, but I you, think there's a scene too where the the daughter gets off the couch to attend to the mom, and her her rear end. Is covered in blood. Well, the, but, let me. Yeah, let me just. Left to the, not left to the, there's not much left to the imagination as to what happened. Right? Wait, wait, wait. Let me just <laughs> let me just say this up front. I take no pleasure, no pleasure in broadcasting this. However, it's it's comical just based on that time period and and uh, what they got away with when you compare oh, it yeah, to you today's. Couldn't do that. You couldn't. You couldn't do that now. It'd be like rated X. So that's, back then, they, there's there's probably an argument back then about it being rated more than R because it's pretty I mean it's pretty extreme and yeah you couldn't make a movie like that nowadays but I'll say I'll so say the fact that Eli, yeah, unless you're Eli Roth I guess 
I have no idea, but but I will say that uh, you know for for people listening and um, on behalf of American Riddle, we do not promote or condone uh, any 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 scenes of of this uh, grotesque nature uh, involving rape or glamorizing any rape scene. And that's the. That's well, we will we will watch it for entertainment purposes. Well, I mean, you know, we, we didn't know. It's not like we went into the film knowing that this was going to go down. Not only that, that it was going to, there's going to be something called YouTube years later where it's just all over on the internet. So, I mean, who knew? Exactly. But, you know, I'm educating exactly. the audience of what's out there and uh, yeah. protecting the, the, the consumers. Know what you're getting into before you watch it. That's, that's my point. But you should watch the Jeff Goldblum and Charlie Bronson Death Wish from the 70s. Um, and before and Eli you know, Roth, you know the irony is, I, I, as I watched this recently, I don't even think. I mean, not to give away too much to the audience, the movie is what forty-two years old now. But um, <laughs> I don't even think he uh, actually exacted revenge on the people who raped his. No, he went. We went on a murderous wife. rampage on yeah, everybody. He didn't like get you, the guys who did it. This <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> thought he was Bernie Gitz. He was running yeah, the through the. Was, he was Bernie Getz before Bernie Getz was Bernie Getz. But I mean, no, I think... But the people who did the crime, right? <laughs> so. Was he? Was he? Was he Bernard Getz before Bernard Getz? Yeah, Bernie Getz didn't happen until like the 80s. No, man. Was it? I'm telling you. I think it was like 83, 84, 82, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. 1984. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm a history major, but anyway, <laughs> <like it. laughs> touche, Bryant X, touche. You are a history major, and you have facts about history and film and music, which uh, I think that's a good way for us to wind this one down. It's got to be a short podcast this time, but we we are happy to have the return of Bryant X on American yeah. Riddle. Good to be back. Uh, been through some you know trying personal times, but. Uh, and you know, everything's looking up. So we'll be back hopefully uh, more regularly in the near future. So thanks for having me. Word, Bryant X, and uh, yeah, no, you're always welcome to be on the show. Um, that being said, I do want to clue everyone in that uh, I've I've recently deleted my personal Facebook page. Too much stuff, man. Too much Instagram and all that. I'll get into detail on the next um, uh, podcast. But uh, the um, the the American Riddle Facebook page is alive and kicking. So I'm going to need the listeners to do a little bit more sharing um, than uh, than leaving it up to me as I used to. So as I post stuff, if you guys could please either retweet it or repost it on your page so the word gets to ra- gets around at this podcast uh, that uh, is not glamorizing rape or rape culture, uh, but is putting light on uh, original films, filmmaking, and all its its rawness in its purest form. Um, we are promoting that. So that being said... Forget the bad news. That's what we do, just like this podcast, man. This podcast, just it's, it's organic. We can't stop it, you know what I mean? But we can help <laughs> promote it. So do what you do. And I appreciate uh, you, you guys listening, tuning in. And um, Bryant X, I'm going to let you close this out. You know how we do it. Domino, motherfucker. X go give it to you. Fuck way for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door to spill. With the nonstop pop out and stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make the motherfucker wonder if you did it. Damn right, and I'll do it again. Cause yeah. I am like, so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread with, I'll break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never want to nothing but your life's 
Please. If the only thing you can't steal was came out to play, stay out my way, motherfucker. Then we gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop, don't let it go. What? X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. He ain't never gave nothing to me. Every time I turn around, cats got their hands out, wanting something from it. I ain't got it, so you can't get it. Let's leave it at that, 'cause I ain't with it. Hit it with full strength. I'm a jail nigga, so I face the world like a girl in the bullpen. You against me, me against you. Whatever, whenever, nigga, fuck you gon' do. I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. Only nigga that you know who can chill. Come back and get the streets open. I've been doing this for 19 years. Niggas wanna fight me, fight these tears. I put in work and it's all for the kids. But these cats done forgot what work is. They don't know who we be looking, but they don't know who they see. Nigga, first we gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. I know I got 'em down in the greens. Give 'em love and they give it back. Talk too much for too long. Don't give up, you're too strong. Love to the wild, wild hunters. Shout out to niggas that done it. And it ain't even about the dough. It's about getting down for what you stand for, yo. For real. We gonna rock, then we gonna roll, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First we gonna rock. Give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya. He gon' give it to ya.